Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Okay, Ty, we're recording. You can uh, do your intro whenever. Oh, what episode are we on today? 56. All righty. Hey, welcome to episode 56 of the Talking Hockey Podcast. Uh, Luckily for everybody listening, Eric isn't here this week, and neither is Martin. So it's me, Luke, and a uh, friend of the show, Nick. Um, he's the backup. He's been called up to the big leagues again. Yep. And he's very excited to be here. Yep. Martin's on a date. Um, he, think he, he thinks he's found the one. Eric's working at another 10.30 p.m. It's another 10.30 p.m. night. Yep. And what are we talking about today, Ty? We're, we're just going to talk about some trade deadline stuff because that's coming up. And I know we missed out on it last week. Welcome back, everyone, to the Talking Hockey Podcast. It's your favorite. Producer Luke here to remind you to follow and subscribe on whatever streaming service you use. Leave a review on Apple. Visit our website, TalkingHockeyPodcast.com. And follow us on Instagram at Talking Hockey for daily content. Now, let's get into today's episode with your favorite group of guys, Luke, Eric, Ty, and Martin. How are you feeling about last week's conversation, Ty? Are you, have you come down? Have, have you settled down a little bit? Have you settled down a little bit? I still think you're wrong. So other than that, no. <laughs> I got I got bullied for about an hour last week. So I, I, I try not to think about it. I've repressed some memories. Okay. Um, I won't bring them back then. Yeah. I don't, I don't want you to have PTSD or flashbacks. Yeah, man. So, so Luke, I know you're a big trade deadline guy. Yes. <laughs> what do you think is going to happen this trade deadline, uh, Lucas? Um, honestly, not much. I don't have my hopes up too much. I know, like in the last couple of years, trade deadlines already been slowing down quite a bit. This year, with everything going on with COVID and quarantine and the flat cap, I don't expect too much. 
But um, honestly, I don't really think the the Leafs are gonna do too much. It's not just think, about the Leafs. Hello, I know, I know, I know. I I don't think the Leafs are gonna do too much, and I don't think a lot of top teams like Tampa Bay's flush against the cap. Um, they're getting Kucherov back. That's basically their trade deadline acquisition. Don't get me started uh, I, on that. I know. Don't don't want to get you too started on that, but um, I think the most interesting prospect right now is Jonathan Bernier because he's the he's like probably the top goalie out there right now who is uh, trade worthy. Who would have ever thought that Jonathan Bernier, age thirty two? The thing with Bernier is he'll just allow a goal from center ice, but make some make some insane saves and then let in the worst goal you've ever seen. Yeah, Nick, what are your thoughts on Bernier? Uh. I think he's been good for Detroit. I think Grice sucks. Um, so I think he's definitely Detroit starter. I think I've watched some of their like games and highlights, and they, he's done well for them. Their defense just absolutely sucks. Like I just I feel bad for him. Imagine if the Leafs by trying to look for a goalie randomly like get him and then bring him back to Toronto, and then the same thing happens with like the Reimer situation, and then. And then all of a sudden, Bernier starts sucking again, and then he gets shipped there's out no again. There's no way that the, there's no way he comes to Toronto. The, what, okay, so so I took a look at the TSN trade bait board, and if you asked I'm us last right week, now. if you asked us last week, if we got into it, Nashville would have been the biggest sellers. Ekholm gone, potentially Forsberg, guys like Granlund. But then this past the past two weeks, they've they've picked it up. They've 100% picked it up, and they're back in a playoff spot, and now it's not even looking like they're going to sell. The only player, I think, who's going to get moved, now that it seems like Nashville's going stay to the, stay the way they are, not trade Ekholm and not trade Grandland and Forsberg and whoever else was on their um, trading block, um, I think the only player who's 100% going to get traded is Taylor Hall. And even then, I think that's he's had a crap year. I mean, Buffalo just... Th- Bless their souls. They won their first game in 18 games tonight. And, you know, he's the only guy I think who's going to go. And But but it's going to be a pretty underwhelming return for Buffalo because it's so funny to, to look back at the stories of when he signed in Buffalo. And I know we've talked a lot about Buffalo over the past couple of weeks, but when he's like, or when their GM even was like, signing Taylor Hall shows we're not even trying, we're not just trying to make the playoffs. We're trying to be a Stanley Cup contender. And then what happened? This team is worse than the team that tanked to try to get McDavid in 2015 based on their points percentage. <laughs> and I know Eichel's been out for the past two weeks, but man. They don't even yeah. look that bad on paper. Like They have some good players on their team. It's insane. They just haven't but been how, playing. But how is that even all. possible? Like you got you got Taylor Hall, former MVP, and but I don't know what it is about that guy. I know that there's been tons of rumors about him going to you know a top contender, but if you're a top contender, why do you want this guy? Like I, he he just no offense to him. Like I I know I know that you know the numbers might say that he's still a good player, and I'm not even trying to deny it. But he's literally cursed, right? He had his MVP season in New Jersey, then New Jersey friggin' tanked, and they got Jack Hughes. And then the next year, Arizona had a great start to the season last year. They traded for Taylor Hall, and then, you know, they were on the verge of missing the playoffs, and then, you know, they got in the play-in round, but they kind of got blown out after that. And this year he goes to Buffalo 
on a one-year sort of prove-it deal and is the worst team in NHL history. <laughs> Honestly, I do mean disrespect to Taylor Hall when I say this. He is a garb. I don't, no team should ever want him. Like, I get it. He's high skill, but he seems like just to be a toxic piece of not worth player. Well, and all he knows how to do is lose. Well, Why would you ever want a player like that on your team? It's, Especially it's when they chose to go to a loser. Like, it, this isn't like he he just is on a bad – he chose to go to Buffalo, and then there's rumors of him re-signing. I don't know why anyone would want that type of person. He wanted to go to Buffalo to play for their coach because he loved – because yeah, he coached after Edmonton the coach was year. fired, after the coach was fired, they still said that they he might want to re-sign there. And oh, I'm like – Oh, my God. The guy's stupid. The guy has had, made some terrible choices. That's what I'm saying. He's a freaking loser. Bro. In his in his career, he's played for four teams that I probably that if I had a no trade clause on my on my contract, if I were an NHL player, I'd choose Edmonton, Arizona, New Jersey, and Buffalo. <laughs> I would I wouldn't feel I don't feel bad for him at all. Not in the slightest. Well, I mean I mean one person here has played with Taylor Hall. Is he a cancer in the locker room, Nick? <laughs> Uh, no, he seemed like a pretty good guy, like the times I talked to him. Um, other than the fact that I guess the first like couple times I was on the ice with him, every single time he'd hit me in the head, like hit, hit me in the head or helmet like once or twice with the, with the puck, like just coming down and just shooting on me and just, I don't know, you think he'd have better accuracy <laughs> he's trying to concuss where he like, wouldn't yeah, be hitting me in the head every you. time, but. Yeah, last last summer though he never hit he me scored, once because he scored on you. So actually got better. <laughs> he <laughs> no. never hit me because he always scored. <laughs> Nick, your job is to stop the puck. Okay, mm. just uh... I stopped it with yeah, my which head. Apparently, you're mad times. about. Nick likes get, getting hit in the head. I mean. He was the only one hitting me in the helmet at that point. So I mean, well, looking at the shot. rest of the trade bait board though. Nick, I mean, Columbus might be a seller. Columbus is with... definitely a seller. They actually have – I'm not sure if anyone's seen the Columbus games recently or you – I mean, talking about you guys, but um, they actually look like they've given up. You know that shift in this in the beginning of the season that everyone was talking about, about Pierre-Luc Dubois and, the, and when he was like begging to be traded, he wasn't even trying out there? Well, that's the entire Columbus team right now. And Patrick Laine is – uh, I think this is another topic maybe we wanted to get into a little bit, but Patrick Laine has been sucking. Like he has like three goals in this past 18 games. Do you think that's a coach thing or is that um, which is that just a Laine okay. thing? He's always been inconsistent. I, I know that a lot of people are ripping on Tortorella for it, but like to get what Tortorella's gotten out of that roster for as long as he has since he got there, four full seasons of, of basically a winning record in Columbus – with not a great team around him. I don't know. I, I I do agree with some of the things about Tortorella. He doesn't seem like a guy you would really want as your coach. But you can't deny the results, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Line a is a guy, I think, who doesn't work with a coach like that. Just from looking at Line a in his career, he, he seems to... I don't want to say, but Line is a guy who will play like after a game. He'll like go and play a game Fortnite with the coach. And I don't think Torts yeah, is exactly. the guy to he's just to do a, that Line is just like a chill guy out there. I don't think he he's a guy who enjoys criticism. 
or being yelled at. I don't think that motivates him like it does for some some players because it seems that way. Like the reason why he wanted out of Winnipeg in the beginning was because Wheeler and Shifley and Maurice were all being all harsh on him and criticizing him and saying he needs to improve this and improve that. And I don't think he's a guy who takes well to that for whatever reason. But it's he's like a reverse bust. Like he started his career out so well. He looked like he was going to be a star player. And then just the past, what, two years has been basically useless on the ice. Isn't How is that a reverse bust? Isn't that just a bust? Well, by like a, a – maybe that's not the right term for it. But he came in and he – you. A goalie couldn't like stop quick his career. shot, right? You gave him the puck, he was scoring. And unless the entire league figured out how to defend Patrick Liney, I don't know, maybe they have. But what changed? And he said the other day that he's not even getting chances, so it's not like yeah. his confidence is, is even high. And I don't know. I've always thought Liney was dramatically overrated, to be honest. He scores goals. Like the, the, He is such a a hard to like looking at stats wise, right? Like he's not very, I know, I know this is a very, this is a stats oriented podcast, everybody. Eric's not here, but I'm bringing up the stats now. Someone's got to replace him in that discussion, but the stats don't say he's a very good player, but he can score. You can't deny that he can shoot the puck and what, what happened that he can't score anymore. Anybody? I don't know. I think it's yeah, just the him and mes- not meshing well with the coach and like their type, like their style of yeah. play. I guess for sure. I think that more matched what Winnipeg was doing at the start. But I think yeah, it definitely needs a new change of scenery. I think Roslovic yeah, was that's a true. great Rosslevic pickup for them good. though. I think it's basically Ro- Roslovic for Dubois. I don't know if you guys have been seeing, but like the games I've watched. <laughs> Winnipeg play. I, I can't say Dubois has been stellar. I don't know if it's just me, but he doesn't seem like he's been that no. great in Winnipeg either. But can't say too much about that. I haven't watched too much Winnipeg. Um, but, Five yeah. years, they'll be calling it the Rostovic trade. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think he's. Uh, I don't know. Like, I think a lot of people, the Torts idea is and i know people that are in sports and they love a guy like torts like that's what they need they they see it as what they need and i'm not someone that would like torts as a coach i know that for right now like i would need more of like a positive encouraging guy probably more like a keith type character than i would with a tortorella and it's true different players react differently to different coaches but man I don't know. I just think Line has always been inconsistent. Like, wasn't it two years ago or three years ago where he he didn't score for like fifteen games? Then he scored a hat trick, a hat trick, and then a five goal game, and then a two goal game. Like he literally scored. Yeah. So if you average that out, he could he didn't score for fifteen games. And then he scored like thirteen in four, which is still thirteen in nineteen, which sounds pretty good. But like he's always been streaky and inconsistent. I think that's just part of being like a shooter, right? Like sometimes like you you got puck luck, but this is an extended shitty streak of play. Like think think about his first year in the league when him and Matthews were coming into the league together. They were basically on, I mean, mean, one was a center, one was a winger, but I mean, they were on par with each other in their offensive production more or less, right? Like Line was a huge goal scorer. So was Matthews, but 
Line a was a guy who you thought was going to score like 50, 60 goals, like a next Ovechkin. Maybe he figures it out, but he, it's not where it didn't work in the end of his Winnipeg time. It's not working so far in the beginning of his Columbus time. Where, where can he go where a guy, where, where the team is just going to say, all right, just give line a the puck to shoot it to get, you know, yeah, I think it's just a rut. I think they just need to figure out their uh, style of play a bit more and kind of. I think they'll. I think he'll figure it out and he'll start scoring again. I think people love to be a little bit dramatic with these streaks and everything. These runs where a player's either down or up, especially like looking at Jack Campbell. He's played six games and people think he should be the starter for Toronto, regardless of the injuries, his injury problems. I don't think that like that's. A realistic expectation. There's of, another guy, yeah. a goalie who I'm interested in in Florida. Um, oh, Chris, Tri- Chris Dreger, Darren Dreger. I, I, <laughs> I just find it funny that because the first time I, th- I saw it, I thought it was like Dreger, right? Like freaking Darren Dreger's in it, and I've just I've just run with it ever since. But he's a guy who's come out of nowhere, and last year he came and played for Florida. Bobrovsky is sucked. And, but the thing is that uh, the reason why he's on this uh, this TSN trade bait board and was is in the rumors is because um, Florida just signed Spencer Knight to join them this year, and it looks like they want him on the team. And there's there were lots of reports today from the insiders who said uh, Dreger's not in their long term plans because he's a UFA, but he's basically been their starter this year, their top, their best goalie this year over Bobrovsky. That's an interesting name, I think, for any team out there looking for a goalie this year because he's really low, um, low, low cap hit. Like I think he's only making eight hundred thousand this year, and I don't think it would cost very much to acquire. And, and I think if your team looking for a goalie upgrade, that's the best one on the market, more so than Bernier. It's Luke again, this time to talk to you about hosting your own podcast with our distributor, Blue Wire Pods. And there's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, We'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge just for the initial setup. So if you're ready to do more than just listening to me or the rest of us, Eric, Martin, Luke, and Ty, talk about your favorite teams, sport, then make your voice heard in Hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com backslash join. Check out the description box in this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. 
Okay, parachutes ready. Boy, the things I go through to get auto alarm rates as low as 0.99% APR for 60 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Maybe a goalie yeah. upgrade for this season. He's I don't high think risk. Long-term. Not really. Not but. for this season, though. Because he has one year. If you're looking at the expansion draft, I think he's a sneaky good pickup. Doesn't well, matter. No, neither have neither has a lot of play, a lot of goalies, man. Every goalie's got to get their chance somehow. Success. Yeah, man. So Look at Mark Andre Fleury. He he was a uh, man, such a good goalie, right, Nick? Then he lost the starting goalie in two playoffs in a row. He's the best goal, one of the best goalie. But he, lo- but according to your logic, like he didn't play wide, the playoffs, so he's not a good goalie. Last year, he did. Yeah, that's right. Robin Leonard was there. Robin Leonard was there. <laughs> no, he one hundred percent should have been their oh starter in the playoffs. That made no, no sense to me. But the two, he'll be their starter the this year. The last two times he won a cup, he was not the starter. So goodness, they figured that out. I'm just saying. What do you uh, mean? I don't know about Matt Murray that. was literally the starter. I think he's always been there. Mark, like, Matt Murray was starter. literally the starter in those two runs. I don't know. What are you talking about? He was. Nick won't accept it. No, Maybe this is literally factual. Like, for <laughs> show starter. He was there. I think their actual <laughs> starter, like the heart of the team, their, their starter was Flurry. He started the – like he began it for them after he got hurt and I don't know. Behind the scenes, a lot of work gets done. So, but he wasn't in the net. That was all flurry. He was there. So he was, he was Matt not Murray the starter. Was in net. Matt Murray in was in net was. and, and um, you know played the most games. Matt Murray played well because <laughs> oh, flurry was his backup. That's some logic. And then flurry left. That's what they say. Behind every great man is a then, fantastic yeah. woman. And Mark Andre Mark Andre Fleury is apparently the same thing. He is a woman in this metaphor. <laughs> um, do you so? Do you think Line A should be on the trade bait board, or or do you? I think, don't think uh, that. The, I I don't think that any team would trade for him this year. The other okay. I want to I want to also say Eric. I was right about Max Domi and Josh Anderson. I knew Max Domi was not a good, like wasn't as good a player as people thought. And this year has really proved it as well for Columbus. He's but he's also been struggling big time, whereas Anderson looked pretty good on Montreal. I was right. Ty, you're always right. I'm I'm happy you can own how right you were when Eric's not here to defend himself. I respect that. Yep. Because Eric would yeah. say something along the lines of, "Oh yeah, well Max Domi's a great player for rushing the puck or good playmaker, and they don't have anyone who can score." Well, okay. Yeah. That's exactly what he would say. Is he fits their system a lot better, or he doesn't worse, fit their system, or whatever? Yeah. yeah, doesn't fit their system. He fit Montreal better. However, he it was. No, you guys also forgot. For in terms of trade bait and like the trade deadline, all the considerations that'll come in play for Seattle's that's true. expansion. That's a that's a big thing. That's a big to, like, thing for that. if you're making a trade this year. I know we're not talking about like mock trades or anything like that, but if you're a guy, if you're acquiring a player who has extra years on their, who is in a rental, like Ekholm had an extra year, Forsberg has a long-term contract, guys like that who are on the trade bait board, you act, you have to think about your expansion draft because if you get 
Ekholm. He's likely a guy you're going to want to protect for the expansion draft. It means you've got to expose another D. That's a good point, Nick. You're a very smart man. You are, except when it comes to thank you. I appreciate starting it. goalies and backup goalies, apparently. Yeah, and what those terms mean. <laughs> Nick knows. No. Um, Nick knows. Speaking of goalies, I think that's. I think there's there aren't very many interesting names on this trade bait board. So I don't think we got to talk too much about it. Other than the only guy I think who's got to go is going to go is Taylor Hall. But for Buffalo's sake, he has a full no movement clause, so he can choose where he goes. And I don't think you're going to get much of a return for him. Uh, I wouldn't. I don't feel like you should watch this year's TSN trade deadline show because it doesn't look like there's much that's going to happen this year. Flat cap, not a strong draft. Yeah. You want to talk about Demko? I felt like that's where you're. Yeah, that's where I was going to go. Speaking of goalies, speaking of goalies, we'll make this a quick episode because you know we still have to talk about the McDavid suspension or non-suspension after. We'll talk about Demko and then we'll talk about McDavid a little bit. But Demko signed a five by five this the this afternoon. Um, Nick, what is your evaluation of Thatcher Demko? I think he's really good. Uh, I think he's definitely developed really well i know they've always had plans since they've drafted him for him to become their starter and it's kind of all came into play for them i think yeah hope he's definitely not in their plans for the future i think that was pretty clear uh i i really like demko though i think he's going to be really good for them i think he may have like a one or two down periods um throughout the next couple years where everyone's like really unsure of him and thinks he shouldn't be their starter anymore, but I think overall he'll be really good for them. He he, he came out in the playoffs last year when Markstrom was hurt, and again in that series against Vegas, he almost brought them back from a 3-1 series deficit, right? He saved their ass. He was insane. And um, I, yeah. I, I don't think he had a great start to this season. I don't think very many Vancouver Canucks did, but he was he's put himself in Vesna consideration with his performance the past two months or so for Vancouver. I don't know about no, like Vesna, okay. but maybe a little more work has to be done. He, he has been insanely good. Holt, he's taken <laughs> he's that. Good. I mean, him and Holtby were starting the year splitting the starts for Vancouver, but he's like taken that crease and ran with it the past month and a half or so. And so I he was he, so I was mm-hmm. talking about goalies today with uh in our in our Facebook chat, and I said. A guy who's who would be a, a good like off season acquisition would be to try to offer sheet Thatcher Demko because Vancouver doesn't the Vancouver has the big contracts coming up in Quinn Hughes and Pedersen and if Thatcher Demko if your team believes in Thatcher Demko I know well, Demko was he, included, he was in, included that. in that and it was like how are they going to sign all three of those guys but now Demko's off the table so I think Demko would have been as he was their first priority. Cause I mean, they don't like, other than him, I mean, who would they I know, turn but to? I'm saying that they like, might not have had, like, I think they might not have had enough really money to sign him and Quinn Hughes and Pedersen in the off season. This is kind of, so it's, I mean, it's, they locked one of them up. Well, yeah, I think if they were going to drop one of them, it definitely wouldn't be That's Demko. a tough call, man. Definitely wouldn't have been Demko. That's a tough call of who to say. No, they would have, they would have kept Demko for sure. If it was like if they had to drop one of them, yeah, I think 
Who do you think, think they would get Demko. rid of? Demko. I, or, or, the only other one, I know Quinn Hughes has been struggling this year, but I mean, I think they want, of course they want to sign all three of them, but if you don't sign them until the off, or you wait till the off season to try to sign them, you're just opening up the, the offer sheet possibility, right? So that's a consideration that Vancouver had to make, and they signed Demko to take him to, to, to lock him up long term. And I think that if you're locking up a goalie long term, what what what's the smartest play is to not do more than say four or five years. Even though that Demko looks good, he's still young. It's good that they didn't sign him for like a full eight years that they could have. I think that doing that is a big risk. Five years is the max I would go with a goalie. But it looks like Vancouver has their starting goalie locked up for five years now, which is good. They got they still got some good goalie prospects too. They got uh, DiPietro yeah, coming up. Not sure if you have high hopes on him, but he's coming up too. They got Holtby for another year, I think, right? They, they signed him to a two-year deal, I believe. Yeah, so then Seattle yeah. can grab him if they want. Do you think he's going to Seattle? I think there's a chance. Like, <sighs> Him and Robin Leonard, Leonard in Seattle. Seattle? Him and Carey Price are going to be in Seattle. Carey <laughs> <laughs> Price is going to Seattle. But that's a topic for another day. Um, all right. One last thing to McDavid. do. Because, yeah, Luke wants to go to bed. I can tell. Luke's, Luke has his drowsy You want right to go to bed too. No, I don't. I, want to st- I have to study for my exam, but I don't really care that much. I'm here having fun with my boys. Yeah, it just seems like it's uh, a low energy podcast today. Oh, one hundred percent. We started. Rec- we hit record at ten fifteen. We're all adults here. I couldn't even stay up for V midnight to say happy birthday. I was literally asleep by eleven, and well, I apologized. I was like, "I'm sorry. We're both adults now. We can't stay up till twelve to wish happy birthday to each other." Well, I did. We'll just wait until a year from now. We're That's all right. raging at the club right raging now. That's right. Club, but, uh, 11 p.m. Uh, on a Saturday night. On a Wednesday night, actually. We were, <laughs> yeah. we're once the, once the world's back yeah. open. Well, I'm just saying on a Saturday. Once, I don't know once the world's be. back open, um, I'm partying every night. I don't really care. I'll, yeah, when, I'll party. The, we got to remember, Wednesday night is still Talking Hockey Podcast night. So yeah, That's true. You got to do that first. Get that out of the way. Correct. Correct. And so then, Why not do the podcast that's a good at the idea. club? We should pay. We should get the club to pay for us to be there. We bring audience members to there to do live recording, and then we get hype on Jaeger bombs. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be yeah, pretty sick. Actually. Um, okay. So <laughs> yesterday, Connor McDavid went and elbowed Jesperi Kotkaniemi. It was clear retaliation. It was very dirty, actually, and um, he didn't get suspended for it. Any thoughts, Luke? <laughs> um, I mean, listen, the reason I'm not super mad that it wasn't suspended is because the league sucks at suspending players. So, I mean, was does anyone su- suspect a suspension? No. Like, I honestly looked at it and I'm like, there's no way it's going to get – there's been way worse things that have happened and they weren't suspended. Plus, McDavid is the golden boy of the NHL. Obviously, he's not going to sus- get suspended. Um, it was a fine. Does nothing. Yeah. No, five thousand dollars to a guy making twelve point so, five or whatever is nothing. So it's ridiculous. Saw, so Eric shared a tweet yesterday on his story 
that was like, this is what happens when when uh, this McDavid. The reason why McDavid did this was because this is what happens when you don't protect your superstars in the league. And I thought that was the most ridiculous thing I ever saw because McDavid is draws a lot of penalties and he is a diver. <laughs> he times it so well. He knows what he's doing. You have to watch him and when he draws these penalties because he could stay on his feet, but he knows that anything that touches his skates, his shin pads, whatever, he's falling down because he can get the penalty call. And he leads the league in drawn penalties. And you can argue whatever. Maybe maybe he should, they should call even more against him because teams are always slashing him, hooking him, tripping him, whatever. But he still does lead the league in penalties drawn. It's not like the league isn't protecting Connor McDavid. So I don't think the argument is that they're not calling penalties against him. I think the argument is that the league doesn't protect players in the right way. In that there's, you know, if you think about players in front of the net, there's tons of cross checks that go uncalled, tons of stick infractions there. To me, the NHL is a joke in that they call too much of the tripping and, and hooking stuff and not enough of the cross checking and actual like physically aggressive, violent attacks on people's backs and i think that's more with the context of the tweet is that he gets pushed around a lot like really aggressively and cross-checked in front of the net a lot as just as as matthews does just as marner does just as a lot of these top players do and i think that's more where the protection piece comes in rather than he doesn't get penalties called for him but it's still silly because he does he leads the league by a large margin in penalties drawn i think but in like cross checks too, or just in sticks and hooks? Just in, or in general, hooks? just we're just looking at all penalties drawn. He, I don't know. Watch, I, I I do agree that the NHL doesn't protect its star players enough in the fact that they can get a beating if they go to the front of the net. But do you want that to be called all the time? Do you want there to not be net front battles? Mm, no, but I don't think they sh- – I'm fine with it if it's like you know two guys r- almost like more wrestling it out. But the cross checks to the back, like you don't like those, do you? Nick loved doing that. Nick loves taking uh, taking his goal stick and slashing the forward in front. Do a little cup check. Little, little yeah, I've gotten a couple Nick. of slashing and roughing penalties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've never done that, uh, but – I've uh, definitely gotten some penalties. To me, that's more where Rachel Dory was coming from with that tweet. But I do agree that he does dive a lot and he does get a lot of calls going his way. And I like, I don't think she was protecting McDavid. She's, she literally said, I'm not trying to protect McDavid here, but this is what happens when you, you don't protect stars. I mean, name one other star that's done that this year and lashed out with an elbow to the head of someone else without the puck. Clear interference. Should have been a five minute major game misconduct easily. Um, but the thing yeah. is that he, McDavid was – what happened to McDavid, the reason why he was retaliating was because it wasn't even a dirty play that happened. He was just pissed off at Kotkaniemi. Yeah. And so he was just going to retaliate. It wasn't It wasn't like Kotkaniemi boarded him from behind or elbowed him in the head. It was just he got beat by Kotkaniemi. <laughs> him and yeah. Ed, watching Edmonton games – McDavid and Drysaddle are sneaky dirty. Well, Drysaddle especially is sneaky dirty. When they get beat, especially Drysaddle, when he gets beat by somebody, like in, someone steals a puck off of him, or they outskate him for a puck, or outbattle him for a puck, he'll go and, and skate away, and then like give him a little cross check afterwards. Yeah, I've seen that. He does that all the time. 
So wouldn't you want that called? I mean, it should be, but yeah. no one says anything. I know that this isn't part of the. Well, co- same, well that's like I think that's it's more just that's part of the argument of the about that you just made about players in front of the net cross-checking each other, net front battles. Like no one calls it out, but it should be called according to the rule book. If if they're both giving it, I don't think that it's much of a problem. Like if they're both cross-checking and slashing each other, then whatever. It's what the what I don't like is like retaliatory penalties, especially when it's after a player does nothing wrong. There's a clean play. They just steal the puck off of you and you're pissed off you lost the puck, so you go and you cross-check that player. No penalty then. That's what I'm saying needs to be called. I think that net front battles are what makes hockey hockey. Boomer tie here. But that's a important part of the game, I think. Boxing guys out in front. And unless you're Yeah, I'm not I'm not against it. I just think sometimes they do go way overboard and they're really called. Fair. Um but I was gonna say with yeah, with NHL suspensions, I mean absolute joke of a NHL player safety department. So it it does it's dumb. And I know well, you're gonna probably talk about Kadri right now. No, 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 no. The story always no, I already I already meant that point last week. But um when Brendan Shanahan was the Department of Player Safety head dishing up the suspensions, he was suspending everybody. Anything that came through, he was giving them suspensions. And it was he couldn't even really complain about it. He was he was probably one of the most strict guys in the Department of Player Safety, but then all the NHL owners were pissed off because their guys were getting suspended left, right, and center. So that's why this whole change. Shanahan left Department of Player Safety. Now George Peros is in there. The owners have the same man. And when Shanahan was there, um, was the head of player safety, there was well, there were way more suspensions going on. It was way more consistent. But the owners and they had it. those they had those really nice detailed videos about why they got suspended showed the rule book i that was good i i watched all those videos about why a player was suspended and why they weren't shannon's a really smart guy i don't know does that oh list. he's super he's a genius yeah but then they the, the owners got pissed off because they 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 had their say to the nhl they complained and now did he leave anymore did he leave player safety for the leafs or did he leave player safety and then join the league. I'm not hundred percent sure. But regardless, he's not there anymore. So Yeah. And now you have a, a notorious tough guy. You know who would be great as an ex NHL enforcer to be NH head of NHL player safety? Daniel Carcillo. No, Daniel Carcillo. Carcillo? Yeah, Sean oh. Avery. <laughs> <laughs> no, Sean Avery would be off. Daniel Carcillo would be a great one because now he's huge into like mushrooms and psychedelics for player recovery and probably would be really tough to tough crack on that. Cause he now hates a lot of the stuff that he used to do. So, but he's there, a bit too controversial for the NHL. There aren't very many dirty players left in the NHL though. So that's, that's probably another thing. My suspensions don't seem to happen like every single night anymore. There's Nazem Kadri. There's Tom Wilson. Yeah. Yeah, it's really it. Yeah. I can't dry side, dry, yeah, dry, dry side is sneaky, dirty. Though, watch him. Anyone watching Edmonton games, watch him when he loses the puck against some someone. But it, it's true. There's not really many enforcers anymore. There's like the the grindy, gritty guys, but uh, most of them, I don't know. I can't remember the last time I even saw like a really big open ice hit 
I guess there was the one against Philadelphia the other day or by Philadelphia, whichever one that was that Eric was like, that's a suspension. Everyone's like, that's 30 feet away from the boards. How is that a boarding call? But whatever. Eric's always right. So Eric's never played. Eric's never played hockey before in his life. So, Um, okay. I think that's uh, that's about it. I don't think we have any much more to talk about. Do we have any special shout outs tonight? Nick, do you have anything you want to shout out? Uh, shout out to my boy Verhege. He's been doing well, very well this season. Yep, been ripping it up. Uh, it's gonna get paid. Yeah, he did. After he his is. contract. Former relief draft pick Carter Verhege tearing it up with almost twenty goals for Florida. Came out of nowhere. Anyone else, Nick? Um. Also, my uh, Isaac Phillips just got signed by Chicago. Uh, he's going to be a really good defenseman for them, for sure. They just drafted him. so Cool. Well, Ty, you going to close this out? Uh, uh, yeah. Thank you for listening, everybody. Yeah, really high energy episode. No Eric, no Martin. Um, and that's it for this week. We will now go to our outro. Thank you everyone for tuning into this week's episode. We love and appreciate each listener that sticks around to the end. With that comes reminders to leave a review, press follow on those streaming platforms, and make sure to head over to Instagram to follow Talking Hockey. We're on the road to 30K and we can't wait to continue to build our audience. Luke, Eric, Ty, and Martin signing off. We'll see you all next week. Okay, parachutes ready. Boy, the things I go through to get auto loan rates as low as 0.99% APR for 60 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.